Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Wow, what an incredible performance from the Ohio State Buckeyes on Saturday night as they absolutely hammered the Wisconsin Badgers in the Big Ten opener leaving little doubt who the favorite is so far here in Big Ten play after Michigan got a pretty good test from Maryland. The Buckeyes look like one of the best teams in the country, if not the best team in college football this year. I think we learned an awful lot, but it's time to take a look at the tape and tell you upon further review our biggest impressions from Ohio State's beatdown over Wisconsin. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, hey, everybody. Happy Monday evening and welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. I'm Brendan Gulick along with uh, Craig Heisen, and we are awfully happy to be talking about a big Buckeye victory here on Monday after uh, an impressive performance on Saturday. I'm all caught up at a family wedding this weekend. We're good. It was fun. We're back in the driver's seat here and uh, had a chance to watch the game in its entirety. Hope you enjoyed the coverage this weekend from John Rutter in particular, who did a really nice job filling in over on Buckeyes Now. And uh, we're we're back in the uh, back in the saddle, so we're we're back. We're good. We're good. It took a little while, but uh, we're there. We made it. <laughs> it was a fat. It was a fast weekend for you. It sounds like, and it was a fast start for the Buckeyes Saturday night. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, <clears throat> was it twenty-one nothing after Wisconsin had run eight offensive plays? Um, you know, why don't we just start right off the top? Ohio State electing to take the football first. You know, for the second week in a row, obviously that's a little seems to be working. Yeah, a little unlike you know Ryan Day historically, but the Buckeyes obviously love the idea of look, we're going to set the tone. We got the guys offensively that that we want to go do this with. I, I feel like you know you always see Craig this evolution of a team throughout the course of a season. I mean, we're only four games in, and I feel like this offense right now. Might as well be a totally different offense than what we saw against Notre Dame. I mean, they look like like Death Star fully active right now. It is really impressive the way that they have now gone through a, the last couple weeks and, and have now done it against a quality Big Ten opponent. This this team looks for real. When they start that fast, they I haven't seen every team play uh, this year in college football. I've watched a lot, but uh, I don't see – I haven't seen anybody that can beat them if they start like that. Uh, defense can pin their ears back. We saw um, the first drive again, clinical uh, drive down the field to score. Tanner McAllister with an unbelievable interception. Um, great hand-eye coordination, even come back and get that. Uh, he played phenomenal uh, Saturday night. And then just that, just the start. I mean, there's no one that can, can hang when they start like that. Uh, it was every facet of the game. There was a point in the second quarter where Ohio State had more 10-plus yard plays than Wisconsin had plays run. 
I mean, it was just a dominant first half performance. Yeah. And, and, you know, you mentioned Tanner McAllister, like, let's be fair. It was a good pick. It wasn't a great throw and Graham Mertz did not get off to a very good start in this game. But I think what Ohio state did that impressed me, not just on Saturday, but several times this year, like, you know, they have the ability to literally take the top off the defense and hit a, a 65 yard touchdown pass. Right. But it's the, it's not quite the death by a thousand paper cuts where it's two, three yards at a time. It's CJ Stroud being plenty comfortable throwing passes that in the air from, from being back in the pocket, maybe only get thrown 10 to 12 yards down the field, but turn into 15, 16, 17 yard gains on average. You know, it's, all of a sudden you string a few of those together and as a defense, it's just debilitating. Um, I don't think we should go any further without talking the offensive line because Ohio State's offensive line has looked good the first part of the season. I thought Saturday they looked outstanding. They had clean pockets all game. Um, guys were getting to the second level in the run game, in particular Matthew Jones and Dewan Jones on the right side. I mean, really, really good play from the offensive line. And that's critical because if if they give these skill position guys time to go do their thing, man, look out. I don't know who was a more important hire this offseason, Jim Knowles or Justin Fry. It's, it's a good point. It's it's crazy to crazy to think that Jim Knowles isn't the most important hire. And I, I don't know, the jury's still out on that. We'll see by the end of the year. But uh Justin Fry, the combination of Justin Fry coming in and then having offensive linemen play the spot that they're probably meant to play and not having tackles play guard. Um, Paris Johnson is looking like the first round pick that we all thought he would uh, be coming out of Cincinnati. Um, actually didn't graduate from Cincinnati St. He was there for a little bit, um, but uh, he looks like the real deal. Um, first round pick at, at tackle and he was putting guys on their back all night, Saturday night. I, I also think that we need to make sure we talk about Cade Stover uh, appropriately here because, you know, he's starting to get that national notoriety now. People are starting to know a little bit more about him. Um, Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet did a nice little piece mm-hmm. on TV about, hey, this guy is literally, you know, bailing hay and, and blocking cattle and you know, <laughs> figuring out ways. That to was like, a good story. Yeah, it was, it was cool. <laughs> and it deserves to be told because – Kate is one of the most genuine, authentic dudes on the team. Um, he he is he's farm boy through and through. He leans into it. He's he's almost almost like overly casual when he's with the media because there's not this like prima donna aura around him. But he's going to have to start fighting that a little bit because he's going to get some of that attention because of how good he's played. Um, and, and I think part of why Ohio State's offense has looked so complete here in the beginning of the season, to me, it's the emergence of using a tight end in the passing game. You know, the Jeremy Ruckert was a really good tight end. Luke Farrell was a really good tight end. There's a reason those guys are playing in the NFL. I feel like Cade Stover right now is showcasing things that we haven't seen from Luke and that we haven't seen from Jeremy. Um, and, and the evolution of that position in addition to the depth the Buckeyes have at receiver and two running backs this week that put up 100 yards and both ran great, 
Um, I just I, I look at this offense. I'm like, man, I I know it stunk that Jackson Smith and Jigbo was out again, and and Kirk mentioned on the broadcast that he may not play next week as he's trying to get back from this hamstring injury. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but how many teams in America can can withstand arguably their best or most impactful offensive player not being on the field? There aren't many. You can count them on one hand, and Ohio State's on that list. Kate Stover and Coach Day talked about it a little bit Saturday after the game. He And it's no knock on Luke Farrell or Jeremy Ruckert, but he was kind of talking about how – Cade doesn't have to come off the field with what they want to do. So he can block. He can do the, the, the gritty things that you're looking for in a tight end that they haven't had in a little while. Um, and, and he's got phenomenal hands. He's a much better uh, pass catcher than I, I anticipated. And I think a lot of a lot of us fans even anticipated. Cade's hands are phenomenal. Um, I was going to ask you, Brendan, some of the, the hits he took. He took some big hits Saturday night. <laughs> but part of yeah. me thinks – Part of me thinks it's like, hey, he might even like that because he probably misses playing linebacker. He probably doesn't prefer <laughs> to fall square on top of his head two times. Yeah, but that, didn't, that wasn't good. A couple of the hits, he probably gets up. He's like, oh, I missed that. Like, you know, because and I because I've never I seen the tight that end way, go. You might be right. out of something. <laughs> I've never seen the tight end go full uh, face paint, eye black as well. I think he's the only tight end I've ever seen to to do that. So he's he's looking to hit somebody every play. And that's the thing, man. Like he fits the the stereotype of, you know, he talks about James Laronitis being his favorite Buckeye, and mm-hmm. and Jeremy Shockey's his all time favorite tight end. Like he's a really nice, good dude who has a really mean spirit when he's on the football field for sixty minutes. Like he's not trying to hurt you, but he's trying to kill you, you know, and there's a difference there. Um, there's nothing dirty or malicious. He just, he takes pride in being tougher and being more physical. Um, I, I mean, literally, man, like it's almost a man crush at this point. Like I, <laughs> I literally watch the start of a play and I'm just watching Cade. Like, well, yeah, yes, well, he's yeah, going to yeah. do what he does. He's probably going to make a good decision. You know, he's, he's probably going to throw a completion or make a good handoff or whatever. Like, I just I love watching Cade Stover play football. He's he is playing at a really high level right now. His teammates love him. There's a reason he's a captain, um, and and I just feel like he has had an, a monumental impact on the evolution of this offense, uh, and and the fact that he's playing a position that hasn't necessarily been utilized in the past game, you know, the last couple of years. It's just given CJ another weapon. It's it's fun to watch. Yeah, and before we before we switch over to the defense and and what we have going on in the secondary, it's it's a game Saturday that Urban would have been proud of. He used to preach all the time, 250, 250. They got it. Are you gonna run for 250 every game? Probably not. Their Buckeyes are certainly gonna throw for 250. Um, but to see both running backs, obviously mine got the, the two touchdowns, but in uh, Ryan Day talked about it Saturday again, just how big of fans um, they are of each other, mine and Travion. Uh, it's really cool to see as a fan, just watching those two guys be super excited when each other has success. So the fact that they can, they have that two running back system working the way they do this year, because um, it hasn't always worked in the past. I felt in the past it's been a little bit clunky when one guy comes in and out. But sure. this year it's wor- it sure is working. And, and 
it, it speaks to Justin Fry and, and the work he's done with the line. And then having and even beyond that, like it, Kate Stover. It, it speaks to Tony Alford. I, I talked to him last mm -hmm. week after practice and he's like, man, I've got, I've got the best room, the best kids who want it for each other as much as they want the team to win. You know, watching when Mayan's tired at the end of a drive and looking at the sideline and Trevion's like, the hell you are coming out of here. Absolutely not. Go finish the drive and go score, mm -hmm. you know, or vice versa. Um, it, it's fun when those guys can can have the stats to back up the fact that they're playing well. Um, but you you just get the impression when you watch the guys, you know, and it, when when you're not playing a game, when you're watching guys walking off the practice field or you see the way they interact with each other inside the Woody, there is a genuine love uh, for for one another and this team, man, and they just want to win. I I, I think the the desire to want that combined with, frankly, the talent to be able to do it. There's a lot of teams that want to win, but not everybody can pull it off, and Ohio State can. And you know, I don't I don't know what they're going to do to Rutgers this week, but it's probably going to start on the scoreboard with a with a five yeah. at least. I mean, I don't see Rutgers holding the Buckeyes under fifty. Um, I'm not sitting here saying that they're going to score 50 points a game every game the rest of the year, but I, I think knowing the brand of football that Wisconsin plays and how they have stapled themselves to the defensive side of the ball, I know they had some new faces. I know their secondary was entirely new this year and their top corner was out. Jim Leonard still has a culture at Wisconsin and playing defense a certain way. It was 45-7 to seven at the end of the third quarter. When you look back, with the exception of the Big Ten title game where the Buckeyes blew Wisconsin's doors off in 2014, the games between these two schools, man, they're not blowouts no. because Wisconsin doesn't have the same caliber player that Ohio State often has or that Michigan you know, often has. They find a way to not just play with but occasionally beat those, those couple of teams. And – I just thought what Ohio State did on Saturday night was the warning shot of all warning shots to the rest of the conference that, hey, by the way, C.J. Stroud didn't have a great game. He had a very good game, but he made a few kind of questionable throws. You know, receivers got into some spots where they took some hits. Uh, I, I actually didn't really have a huge problem with the interception. It was it was not a terrible throw, and it was a really good pick. Um but, you know, when, when you're talking about a guy who often plays elite, for him to not be at the absolute pinnacle of his performance and for them to go throw up 50, I, I mean, I <laughs> think everybody around the country now is, is saying, hey, give me to that Saturday after Thanksgiving. Let's go. Yeah. And you know the offense is rolling the way they are when we're, what, 14 minutes in right now? We just mentioned the Heisman front runner, uh, C.J. Stroud. That's how many weapons and how well this offense is playing. And if – like you said, Brennan, if, if, if five touchdowns is very a very good game, we'll take that all day long. Um, he did throw, have some throws that he we haven't really seen yet this year, but all in all, very good game still from Stroud. Great sell on that second touchdown to uh, Cade Stover. Absolutely. He got both their linebacker. It might have been a DN and linebacker, but both their guys bid on the, on the run, tucked it away, and then – Okay, I mean, there wasn't a guy within 20 yards of him. The, the coaching staff has to go back and watch that film and just sit there and, and be salivating because mm -hmm. like what, what more could you possibly want? Like that was, 
unbelievable execution all across the board. Uh, and and I just feel like when you think about Ryan Day and his play calling, I, I almost wonder if we're not appreciating enough, like just how masterful he's been. You know, it, it feels like, especially this weekend, like that guy put on an absolute clinic in, in drawing the eyes of the defenders in, in places where they he wanted them to be to set them up for something later. I mean, it was... Was I was a, trying to go back and think. Thing of beauty, man. Right. I was trying to go back and think watching it. That might have been his best um, called game since maybe the uh, Clemson game a couple years ago. And just yeah. how they moved the ball, like whatever they did, they didn't have an, the other team, Wisconsin, Clemson at the time, they didn't have an answer for it. Nothing. Um, it was it was impressive from, from Ryan Day Saturday night. Um, but yeah, really the last thing. Um, I had on the offense uh, was, and for what it's worth, I know some people don't love pro football focus, um, especially after the, the comments that uh, I forget who it was, but um, oh, it was Travis Kelsey saying that their agents pay off to get higher ratings on <laughs> pro football focus. So for what it's worth, they had Luke Whipler rated as the uh, highest performing center uh, this past week. So thought he played um, great. He's yep. he played great too. So it's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. You want to switch sides of the, yeah, the defense because that's where the here. that's where I was going to ask you tonight. Biggest concern you have is it the obviously what's going on with the injuries in the secondary? I, I mean, I, I guess, but I I'm not really concerned about it after watching what they did on Saturday. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, they had three scholarship corners that were that were playing. Um, I I am just as eager as pretty much everybody else in Buckeye Nation to see what Jordan Hancock's going to look like when he gets out there. I want to see him. I can't wait till we see him out there. I hope it's soon. I'm sure the coaching staff hopes it's soon. I don't know when that's going to be. Um, you know, Denzel Burke warmed up. He had a, a basically a club around his hand. Looked like he was going to try to give it a go and then didn't. Uh, Cam Brown, not available to play. Like, obviously, you're looking at a secondary and saying, okay, it's not great when your two starting corners are out. Josh Proctor played his butt off. Tanner McAllister had a terrific night with an interception. Um, Ronnie Hickman is, you know, maybe the unsung hero of the team this year on, on the defensive side because there's been a lot more attention paid to Tommy Eichenberg, who looks like he could win the, the Nagurski Award. Um, I mean, Eichenberg's playing like an All-American right now. He's unstoppable. While we're um, on Eichenberg, have you, have you – I was trying to think off the top of my head of a player that has had improvement like that from year to year because he, 
I don't know if it's the new coaching staff, more confidence, has more uh, more time under his belt back there, but he, it just looks like a totally different guy. And I don't, I can't, I couldn't pinpoint a guy that's like, man, that that guy made that kind of a jump from from like one year to the next. I, I agree, but I I think it's kind of a combination of a lot of things. You know, he everybody gets better with reps and with experience. I'm not downplaying that. I think last year he was utilized in a way where he was basically just, you know, a, a box linebacker to stop inside zone runs. He didn't really get used much in the lateral part of the game where it's like, go chase this guy down or run through this wall of blocks. And now where he's got the freedom in Jim Knowles scheme to play super aggressive but to be the guy that can absolutely go run somebody down on the sideline, we've seen it a bunch of times already this year. He's chasing quarterbacks. He's catching up with running backs who are trying to get to the edge. He's playing fast. He's he's largely not making mistakes. I, I totally agree that Tommy looks a lot different this year, but I, I don't know that it's any one reason in particular. He's comfortable. He's gotten experience. He's super competitive but I think this scheme is also allowing him the opportunity to play with a greater sense of freedom. And it it's fun to watch him, man. He's flying to the ball. When, when I saw who was out Saturday night, there was a little bit of a panic, but Jair Brown and JK Johnson stepping up the way they did. I mean, they didn't sure. play a perfect game, but they played really well. And yeah. A lot better getting thrown into that. So you probably didn't know till maybe Friday morning that Cam Brown was out is what I would but I was hearing Thursday night that kind of heard he wasn't playing. So to wake up Friday and know you're the starter going in the day before, they played phenomenal. Uh, hopefully those guys are back soon. But with with the the schedule they have coming up with Rutgers and and um, and then Michigan State isn't really panning out the way we thought going into the season. It's a time to maybe get these guys healthy. I, I agree. And we're getting some good comments here, guys that are, are really fired up about what they've seen from. Tommy Eichenberg for sure, and um, it's it's fun to watch just his overall development. He's one of those guys. I mean, again, like I've I've known him for a long time. I followed him for a while, and you always knew there was a, a substantial bit of talent there, but you you kind of wanted to see him just be unleashed, and he has become the obvious leader in that room. It's just really really cool to watch. Um, and look, I, I was happy with the way the secondary played. You know, look, is, is Graham Mertz a, a super dangerous deep downfield quarterback? Hadn't really proven that. I think he's a good QB. I think he's got a decent arm. But twice this year, he's had kind of poor performances against the two good teams they've played. Um, I think Wisconsin's wide receivers are okay. I think Braylon Allen's a really, really good player. They just couldn't establish the run. And and when all of a sudden you blink twice and literally it's 21 to nothing and there's almost four minutes still left in the first quarter, you can't really run the ball to try to like work your way back in the game. Um, so I, I felt like Ohio State's fast start put Wisconsin in a place where they just weren't going to be able to catch up unless Ohio State made uncharacteristic major mistakes. And they didn't. Um, I still think Wisconsin could be a player in the West. Iowa looked like it had a pulse this weekend offensively, which was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Minnesota looks like a good team. 
you know, or, or at least a team that's rounding into form, I guess. Um, I'm just not convinced that anybody in the West is like a slam dunk. Okay. That team's going to win that division. And as frustrating as it probably is for Wisconsin right now, they probably still control their own destiny realistically to get to Indianapolis. And they've got a good running back that I think could be the staple of their offense. So they're probably pretty darn frustrated with the way that Saturday went. And if Ohio state played them again, December 3rd or whatever it is, I I don't think they would beat Ohio state, but I think they would have to try to establish the run game much earlier in the game than they did this past weekend. If there's a team you need to start fast against, like they did, like Ohio state did Saturday night, it is Wisconsin. Cause I don't know what happened to, uh, to Mertz, um, but coming out of high school as a five-star to what he is now, there's something something going on between the years there. Because I, I know Ohio State, Ryan Day recruited him, but he just hasn't panned out uh, to the what he was coming out of high school. So, um, But to Tommy Eichenberg's – back to Tommy Eichenberg, that to have 14 ta- – that going into that game, 14 tackles, Wisconsin's the type of team that you just knew he was going to have a big game. What they want to do is what he's good at stopping. So – um, phenomenal game. Other guys stepped up too on defense. Um, interesting to see Sonny Styles in there at the beginning of the game. That I almost had to do a double take to be like, "Holy cow, Sonny in there right now!" The kid should be yeah, in high school. Would be in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and Kai Stokes. I mean, they both got run. And again, like that's mm-hmm. partially because of you know a lack of depth right now with some injuries. But how critical for Sonny Styles to get his first meaningful run at Ohio State in the Big Ten opener against Wisconsin. I mean, there's a lot of people who think really highly of him. I think he's going to be a pretty good player, but you want to talk to be, you know, talk about being thrown into the, the belly of the beast. That is, that's not a easy thing to do. And maybe the fact that the offense started so fast took a little pressure off the defense. I know that the interception came early in the game too, but you still got to go out and perform and play at a high level. Um, and it, it just, that was a, in a lot of ways, that was a very complete performance. It wasn't perfect. Again, I, I'm willing to say it. I don't think C.J. Stroud played his best game. but he was fine. I don't think he was great. Um, he threw a bunch of touchdowns, and he, you know, he, he made one mistake and turned the ball over, if you want to call that his only mistake. But I, I do think he he made some throws that were un-C.J. like in leading receivers into places where they were going to get hit. He missed a couple throws over the top, but. I mean, how perfect do you want a kid to be? He 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 played great. He threw five touchdowns. Right. And then that back to the defense real quick. Into the in the third quarter, they only had sixty-three yards of rushing, I think, before Allen broke that long one. Kai Stokes just took a, a bad angle on that play, but I think it was Kai Stokes um on there. But before before that long run, they they did a really good job on Allen. He's a really good back. I the way Wisconsin is kind of trending right now, I wouldn't doubt to see him in the transfer portal the way college football is now. Because uh, they don't, they didn't seem to have their typical Wisconsin line that they've had in years past. But um, really good back. They did a really good job on him. And then kind of looking ahead, like we talked about the injuries in the secondary with Rutgers coming up. I think they opened up as a 41 point favorite today over Rutgers this weekend. I mean, Arkansas State was 44 and a half. So that just kind of right. shows you what they think of Rutgers. So really need to get, if I had one concern right now, it is the the injuries going on in the secondary. But I don't think they'll really be tested until we get to Penn State. Um, 
and, and I think Penn State looks competent. They look like a pretty mm-hmm. decent team, and they've certainly shown some resolve late in games when they needed it. Yeah, yeah. I um, I, <laughs> I, I'm trying to put in context the message that Ohio State – I don't know that they were trying to send a message to anybody nationally, but – Look at what Kent State did to Georgia. Kent State scored more points against Georgia than Georgia allowed in the first three weeks combined, (laughs) and that included against Oregon and South Carolina. Kent State gave them hell, Mm -hmm. like legitimately gave them a tough game. Georgia's young defense showed a few few frustrating moments. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think Georgia's falling apart by any stretch. They still look like a really good football team, but I don't. I just don't know how somebody is going to stop Ohio State's offense. I think they could beat the Buckeyes if they find a way to slow the game down or if they can if they can create a turnover or, or make a score on special teams. Nobody in college football is going to outscore Ohio State. It's just not going to happen. Um, if you get into a shootout, I just – I don't see it. Not with the way this team is playing right now. And I, I would be really interested to see what people are saying down in SEC country now that Ohio State's done that to a Big Ten team that is traditionally a worthy opponent. Because it's one thing to say, like, okay, well, fine, we expect you to do that against Arkansas State and against Toledo. Ohio State, among the unbeaten teams in college football, the Buckeyes have the best strength of schedule. I don't care what you think about Notre Dame. I know they haven't had a great start to the year. Notre Dame doesn't stink, and Wisconsin is not a bad football team, but Ohio State played exceptionally well on Saturday. And frankly, if they'd have played Notre Dame in week four, they might have done the same thing to the Irish. Yep. And none of the top four have played a dominant game each week yet. But if you had to make the argument who who has looked the most dominant, it's it's probably Ohio State. Um, I mean, you look and see what happened across college football this this past week. Alabama struggled with Texas. Texas just lost to Texas Tech. So it's it's there hasn't been a dominant team. Ohio State, I think they still had them third today in the in the AP poll. And, and I'm interested to see. I can't remember the guy's name. We talked about him after the Notre Dame game. I think he was the uh, the, the writer down in Chattanooga. What did what we need to check back in to see what I, he has uh, Ohio State yep. at. I, I can't remember his name. He, but he was... writes for uh, he writes for the the Free Press or whatever it is the 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 uh, <laughs> newspaper in Chattanooga. I will look it up. That so might be what we even, need to check uh, in. That's like our Tuesday check in. Mm, I think we'll see what he what he had him at. See if he has him sliding still. Yeah, but, uh, we'll uh, yeah we'll we'll <laughs> tell you tomorrow. I definitely uh, I definitely want to look that up, and I know exactly where to find it. Yep. So, so but... final thoughts on uh, on what you saw on Saturday. Just again, if like people have been saying across the country and, and even here here locally that CJ Stroud wasn't excellent Saturday night, but if five touchdowns and and is what he put up is is the worst he's gonna play all year, then we'll take it. And it, there's a lot of comments coming in. I'll, no one can slow down the uh, the offense. I haven't seen a team yet that that can um, across the country. Georgia's probably the best the best bet and we'll see if we get to that point. But um, 
And then just to the defense, like we talked about, one concern for me, it's the injuries in that secondary. But to see Jair Brown and J.K. Johnson step up the way they did, that concern is, is lessened a little bit. Um, but these next two weeks uh, really need to get get that room healthy uh, before they go into a little bit tougher part of the schedule. Looking forward to seeing the Buckeyes back on the field on Saturday against Rutgers. Um, I I thought Ohio State the last two weeks has taken to heart Ryan Day's message of playing more disciplined football. We have not seen the kinds of penalties in weeks three and four that we saw weeks one and two um, that you know ultimately never cost them the game, but were inexcusable and frustrating penalties for sure. Um, everything's going according to plan right now in Columbus. And there's really no reason to think that Saturday is going to be anything different, but you got to go play the games. That's part of the deal. And uh, the Buckeyes certainly have been impressive so far through the first month of the season. All right. So that wraps up our uh, upon further review podcast. And we're really glad you joined us live on our YouTube channel tonight. We had lots of great comments and uh, appreciate the interaction there. Please know that if you're listening to this after the fact, we'd like for you to be live with us so that you can participate in the show and that we can kind of respond to some of the comments that we see along the way. But if you're watching this live and you didn't catch part of it, that's okay too. It gets archived on our channel and is also available afterwards wherever you like to find your favorite podcasts. For all the latest news and information on the Buckeyes, head to Buckeyesnow.com. We'll keep you updated all week long. Ryan Day will meet with the media Tuesday, tomorrow at 12 noon in his traditional slot. We'll also talk to uh, at least one other player and coach, I'm not sure we're going to have C.J. Stroud tomorrow. Still waiting to have that confirmed. And I think Tim Walton might be the assistant coach we're talking with tomorrow. But for sure, Ryan Day. And uh, we'll have plenty of coverage for you as uh, as well on BuckeyesNow.com. All right. For Craig Heisen, I'm Brendan Gulick. We'll see you soon. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Ohio State's 4-0 and certainly off to a good start here in Big Ten play.